What's up? It's Andy Grammer with Jag. Hi, this is Carly Rae Jepsen, and you're listening to Jag. Hi, everybody. It's Joe Jonas hanging with Jag. This is Heather Knox with the hottest Jag I've ever seen. Ryan Seacrest with Jag. It's B.O.B. checking in with my homie Jag. So much swag with my homie Jag. It's the Jag Show podcast. Welcome in. I am John Jag Gay, and my guest today has really made a name for himself in the fantasy football space. He hosts the Fantasy Football Hustle podcast, writes for Fighting Chance Fantasy, and in the time I've known him, has never been afraid to say what's on his mind. This week, we head to a place that is very special to me, Syracuse, New York, and welcome in Brian Drake. Hey, thanks for having me. Can I just say, that is the greatest podcast <laughs> open of all time. I This is the first time I've ever heard it. You've got Ryan Seacrest and and some rap guys I've never heard of, but Carly Ray Jepsen, that is fantastic. <laughs> I always like to play that for my guests because the guest always says something about the intro. So thank you for that. I appreciate it. I you did the intro for my show, which gets so much love and adoration from people. And I just keep sending you business now because everyone hears it and they go, who made that open for you? And I'm like, oh yeah, hit this guy up right here. Yeah, people slide into my DMs all the time, thanks to you. So I really do appreciate it. So Hey, anytime, man. You do good work. And full disclosure, Brian and I have known each other for, God, 20 plus years now or so at this point. We go way back. So I want to ask you, you've got this great fantasy football podcast. You're part of a network. Let me start at the beginning. How did you get into podcasting? How did you get your start? Well, as you know, I have a degree in broadcasting. You went to Syracuse University uh, with a, a dear friend of our, Bill, and I was supposed to go to Syracuse, but then realized I couldn't pay for it. So I ended up going to a <laughs> small state school in New York on the banks of Lake Ontario, uh, SUNY Oswego, home of you know, Al Roker, Linda Cohn, and Steve Levy. From You do have some big name alums from that school. Let's not forget that for sure. Yeah, it's a nice little school uh, in Oswego. It's about 45 minutes north of Syracuse. And I went there. I got a broadcasting degree. I used to do radio shows, and and I did play-by-play for basketball and lacrosse and different things like that. But when I got out of school, I wanted to do something with my degree, and it turned into a sales job. That went nowhere. You know, Sooner or later, you figure out, hey, I need to pay the bills. And as <laughs> you well know, broadcasting doesn't do it. No, it's just you figured that out a lot faster than I did. So that's where I got to give you a lot of credit. Yeah. So I went into the sales route and I was doing radio sales, which is easily the worst job in America. I never would recommend anybody going to radio advertising sales. I'm sure somebody out there is driving around doing radio ad sales. I'm sorry. Uh, you know, open up indeed.com right now as you're at a stoplight. But so then I went and all this time passed and I have a wife and I have two kids now. And I said, you know what? I really want to get back into this. I feel like I could do what I'm hearing all these other guys do on the air with podcasts. So I went out and spent a bunch of money on a MacBook Pro and an Audio-Technica microphone and some headphones that are way too expensive and said, I'm going to start doing a fantasy football podcast. And then realized, like most people, you have nothing to talk about and no one's ever going to listen. But I was very fortunate. I found a co-host who people did want to listen to and the ball started rolling from there and off we go. So that's Dwayne McFarlane. Tell me how you got connected with him. I actually scrolled back through my Twitter DMs the other day while I was talking to Dwayne after a show, and I found the DM I sent him, and it's like, new phone, who dis? And it's like, <laughs> hey, man, you know, you're doing good work here on Twitter. At the time, he had like 150 followers, okay? Wow, okay. This guy's just pumping out fantasy football content to nobody. And I said, hey, I got this new show. I just started working for FightingChanceFantasy.com. 
Do you want to come on and be my guest? Sure. We're two guys nobody knows. Why not? We do the first show. It was great. The guy, Ryan Hallam, who ran Fighting Chance, now works for Fantasy Alarm, said, you guys were good. You should just stick together and keep doing this. So we started going along with that. When was that? We did our first show, I want to say 2018. Okay. So we're going into our third year now. Yeah, third year of doing the Fantasy Football Hustle. And every year something new happens. You know, in podcasting, there's new technologies Mm -hmm. and new avenues, new streams you have to be on and whatnot. And we're trying to be on everything like everybody else. But yeah, in 2018, we started the show. Nobody was listening to it. But as Dwayne's following started to grow, he became bigger known in the fantasy community. He worked for a site called footballguys.com. Then hooked up with a guy named Evan Silva, who was running Roto World. He has a Mm. site called Establish the Run. And now he works for Pro Football Focus. You hear that PFF all over the place. Yeah, Chris Collinsworth from Sunday Night Football owns that. So we have access to all this insane data now. And from 150 followers when I met him, he has 13,000 now. So our audience has grown by leaps and bounds. That is fantastic, which was going to lead me into my next question about how you've expanded your footprint, your networks. And a lot of that is talking to people and making connections and having them on the show. I mean, how have you done that? Twitter was probably our biggest outlet. I'm not saying Twitter is the end all be all, but in fantasy football, you can really connect with a lot of folks through Twitter. So people kind of heard our show and they were like, wow, these guys actually kind of know what they're talking about. And they see your credentials from writing on these sites. They Mm -hmm. check it out. They put two and two together. And once you start getting the backing of guys like a Sigmund Bloom from Football Guys or Evan Silva, and they start appearing on your show or retweeting your links, you're as good as gold. The key to the city is yours. And that's what happened with us. And we went from weeks of 14, 15, 16 people listening to the show to all of a sudden you're getting a couple thousand downloads. Your Periscope views are in the thousands. And now you're trying to grow a YouTube channel. So it's just people finding your work and knowing that you're doing a good job. But anybody who starts a podcast, I would immediately tell them no one's going to listen. And that's okay. Yeah. Tell me about how you got involved with the network, because this is really interesting to me. Fighting Chance Fantasy and getting involved with this network of people doing this type of content. How did that relationship come about and how did it develop? Full disclosure, we used to be on a network. How I got started with Fighting Chance was, again, because of Twitter. The guy who ran it, Ryan Hallam, needed a last minute replacement for a mock draft. Hmm. And I tweeted him. I said, hey, man, I'll do it. He thought I was in the fantasy industry. And he goes, "Okay, sure. Come do it. I'm in there with like a guy from Sports Illustrated and who else was that? a bunch of big name guys from Sirius XM. I do the draft and he's like, wow, that was pretty good. I did a little write up for him. Yeah. He goes, who do you write for? I go, nobody. I don't write for anything. I, I'm just a guy. He's like, oh, my God. And I let you in this. But that happy accident started my fantasy career. And I started writing for Fighting Chance. And those guys will let you do anything over there. And I've kind of taken on a leadership role at the site now that Ryan's moved on. And just in the past two weeks, we've added, I think, 10 new writers to the site. So our moniker is where fantasy's future is written. And my start came from Fighting Chance. And I'm super happy to help somebody else come into this space and write and podcast and just get their feet wet because Lord knows you need somebody to open a door for you in this business. 
I think it's when luck and opportunity in the right time meet that hustle that, yes, you saw that opening at the right mm -hmm. time, but you took the initiative to say, hey, I'll do this draft, and it worked out for you. So people who say you just get lucky, there's certainly a hustle aspect to it as well. Yeah, I, I like that crowbar in the hustle uh, right there from the Fantasy Football Hustle podcast. It, it's true. In this business, sports or fantasy football or just podcasting in general, you really do got to be your own best marketer. You're the only person that cares about your show. Let's be honest. Yeah. So you got to be the person out there telling people it's great, pumping out the content all the time, linking it anywhere you can, just getting that link in front of people and hoping somebody clicks on it. And it only takes one show. And you and I, I'm sure, have talked about broadcasting in the past. And one thing you have to know, too, is always do a good show because you never know who's going to hear it. It's kind of like that yeah. old cliche, like Derek Jeter would say, like, oh, you never know who's going to see you play on that day. It could be the only time a kid comes to the ballpark. But it's true. You could have somebody just stumble across a clip of your show and they go, wow, these guys are legit. Like, I'm going to listen to this show. Boom. There's a new subscriber. They tell a friend about it. Now you got a Twitter follower. Now they're following Instagram. You never know. So just do your best work every day and, and put it out there. And if somebody happens to find it, great. You might have a small audience, but you have an audience and you're doing what you enjoy. I love that uh, analogy because I think back to my radio career when I was up in Burlington, Vermont, and I was doing a Saturday morning radio show hungover after doing a nightclub gig the night before. <laughs> and I get an email out of the blue. And it's from a guy by the name of Joe Rosati who was working late nights at the legendary Z100 in New York City. He was on his way driving through up to Montreal for a bachelor party that night. And he emailed me and said, hey, man, um, you sound pretty good. Uh, you know, just wanted to drop you a note. Nicest guy in the world. I'm like, shoot, that's Joe Rosati from Z100 in New York. All right. So I struck up a conversation with him. Fast forward a couple years. He puts in a word for me to get my major market radio gig in Detroit. We ended up working together at the station. He put in a good word for me. We end up working there together. And now to this day, he's one of my best friends. He stood up in my wedding. So it's wow. funny. You, your point about how you never know who's listening is certainly well taken. But I do got to ask you, Drake, we've both had experiences in radio and radio has seen better days. Ugh. What do you like about podcasting as a medium over radio? You know, I was always a, such a radio fan. I love the DJs, the music side of it. I love sports on the radio. And I don't know, I, I wish it wasn't such a dying brand. But at the end of the day, I think it comes down to there's just so many other options without the commercials. Mm -hmm. I'm a serious radio subscriber. I have been since the day before Howard Stern came on in 2006. <laughs> and yep. I love it. I love podcasts. If I have to put regular radio on for five minutes in my car, I want to shoot myself. It's bad because <laughs> part of it, John, is the commercial aspect of it. But what can you do? It's commercial radio. They have to make money somehow. Nature of the beast. Yeah. But I think the corporatization and there's no personality. There's nothing local anymore. No. Here in Syracuse, they fired all the local DJs from Clear Channel. You know all about those guys over there. And there's nothing authentic about it. You know, when I turn on the radio, I want to hear stuff about Syracuse. I want to hear about the local teams and the weather and what's going on in the area. I don't want to just hear some, you know, Ryan Seacrest from the opening. He's fantastic at what he does, but he's not where I am. Right. So I think people have just said, you know, I don't want to deal with just the canned commercialization of regular radio. And I think that's why podcasting is great. I want to just hear about 1980s wrestling. There's podcasts about it. <laughs> yep. With that in mind, 
Take me through the format of what a typical show looks like. And I know you shows run anywhere from 60 to 90 minutes. You're doing them, what, weekly as the season starts. Mm -hmm. Tell me about the format, any benchmarks you do every week, and basically what you cover in a typical show. So a lot of folks out there like to do show sheets. And when a guest comes on, they mm. say, hey, here, give me a rundown of what you're going to talk about. Dwayne McFarland, my co-host and I, typically come up with a topic he will send me a message here. Here's a couple of guys I want to talk about. I go, great. And then I come up with stuff that he has no knowledge of prior. There's no show sheet. There's no real, here's what we're going to do. I have my content. He has his. And then I'm just kind of firing questions at him and making an organic conversation. Mm. So it's not as well prepared as some might think. I don't write hardly anything down in terms of questions. I might just jot a few notes. And in front of my screen here, I'll always make sure to put Twitter handles and websites because uh, have you ever done this? You're, you have a guest on and you don't have it written down. And then all of a sudden you forget their name. Ugh. You forget their Twitter handle. You're like, oh my God, who's this guy? Like, what's his last name? Uh, yeah. Where's he from? Like, uh, hey, back to a fantasy football talk, Mr. Announcer voice. But yeah, it's, it's basically we come up with a concept and I do my research. He does his research. And then we're off to have a little fun. And I think the organicness of it, if that's a word, is kind of like what made our show good is because we weren't trying to to steer it one special way. It's He's got his analytical side that people really dig. And I think they like my looseness and we kind of play off each other. And, and that's what makes the show. Did it take some time to develop that kind of chemistry? No, to be honest, it was really he's a Texan who loves the Dallas Cowboys. I'm a New York guy that loves the Philadelphia Eagles. So, you know, we always kind of joke about those things because our two teams hate each other and our fan bases hate each other. Sure. So that's a fun element we have to the show, but it clicked. If you have people that are passionate about sports, football in general, I mean, they can talk and we're not trying to be combative. We're not trying to one up each other. I realized my role, and this is something a lot of people I think take a long time to do is when you're doing a show. Are you doing your show or are you doing an impression of a guy doing a show? Yes. Are you saying like, I'm trying to be Ryan Seacrest or I'm trying to be John Hansen on Sirius XM in the morning? My goal and my role is to just be a host. I'm not trying to be Matthew Barry and give everybody great insight. That's his job. Yeah. I'm going to tee him up with questions and make sure he's talking to the average fan because that's the guy who's listening. I want some guy mm -hmm. who's you know, 35, 40 years old in his fantasy league to win his league because he got really good actionable info from us. And I broke it down to him in a way that some analytical guy, you know, at 30,000 feet yells it out and then we can stream it down and say, all right, buddy, here, just go draft this guy. All right. Be on your way. So you still record the show on Tuesdays when, when we're in season for NFL? Yeah, it's tough because uh, when you guys who play fantasy football know there's waivers. So you have to put in bids right. for players you want. And people want that information before Tuesday night when the show runs. So last year, we were able to record the show Tuesday morning. So it's tough. You know, we kind of just do it when we can do it. He has a family and kids and I've got a wife and two children. So it is what it is. Uh, when we put it out kind of when we can put it out and in the off season, especially, you know, we record at night and then we put it out early in the morning and, and people seem to, to dig it and 
man oh man please sign up for the youtube page that's all we care about now it's like we've forgotten we're even doing a podcast it's just sign up for the <laughs> no don't say that on my show dude don't say that on my... but have you noticed that let's talk about that for a second the rise of youtube and twitch and those things what do you think that's doing to the podcast industry and do you think people are i don't know if they're they're kind of going at it the wrong way like what we were doing before was just putting a podcast on YouTube, which is boring as anything. Now we're trying to spice up with graphics. Yeah, it's a logo or it's two guys sitting here like nobody wants to see you and I sitting in our basements right. talking to each other. I think there is a place for video. There's a place for teasers. There's a place for highlights. You can do those little headliner videos and stuff that you share on social media. But with my radio background, I tell potential clients of mine this all the time. You can't watch a YouTube video while you're driving, or at least you really shouldn't. <laughs> you know, you made the joke earlier about pulling up Indeed while you're sitting at a stoplight. There are certain places that audio goes that video can't. I listen to podcasts when I'm walking my dog. I listen to podcasts when I'm in the car. I listen to podcasts while I'm making my eggs in the morning and my wife is, you know, getting ready in the shower or whatever it is. So for me, I'm really focused on the audio. I think video can be a nice addendum to it, but for me, I think just straight audio has a place. You're not going to have, in most cases, an Alexa or a Google Home play a video. You might have Facebook portal and stuff like that. You might have or an iPad, you might have that. But for the most part, these digital devices that people have in their homes, they're going to play audio. You're going to listen to audio in the car. So for me, I've never been as concerned with the video piece of it. I've always been focused on the audio. So it's interesting because I think there goes in ebbs and flows where you're really focused on the YouTube page right now, which is definitely... You know, I always say if you can have a billboard on an interstate, have it. And you want to have a, re a representation in that format. So I think that there's value in it. I just think that there are some times where people get too focused on it mm -hmm. and lose sight of where they're really making their hay, which is in this case a podcast. Yeah, and it's a lot of work. Holy smokes. That's the other thing. is It's a lot easier to edit audio than it is to edit video. Oh, you have no idea. This week, thank God, we've got good friends in the fantasy business. Uh, a buddy of ours... His name's Five Yard Lee. He runs a podcast in the United Kingdom, like the leading United Kingdom fantasy football podcast. Okay. Nicest guy ever. He does an hour video conference with me trying to show me how to use Adobe Premiere to edit down this video. Wow. At the end of it, I'm like, listen, buddy, I'm just going to pay you 25 bucks and you can just edit these videos for me. He's like, yeah, fine. I'll do it. But it's insane how much time it takes. And then... You have to go and you have to do all the tags and the descriptions and the timestamps and the thumbnail. There's so much that goes into it. And at the end of the day, you're like, oh, great. A hundred people saw that. It's tough. And you wonder sometimes, is it worth it to try to get to that magical thousand subscribers on YouTube? And I don't know. We enjoy the audio portion. And I think we still haven't even scratched the surface on how big we could be just in terms of iTunes and Spotify, because... The audience is growing every year and more people are going to find our show. Yeah. Hopefully with some of these new outlets like pro football focus, and then we can get some of these big time numbers and actually make a few coins doing it. You mentioned how this guy in the UK helped you out. Something I found in the podcasting space is people are extremely willing yeah. to help out other people in the podcasting space. Has that been the experience for you too? Absolutely. I wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for a couple of guys who were super open and willing to help and come on the show and teach you how to do things. And here's how you use this video interface to talk to your co-host and, you know, Google Hangouts and Skype and whatever app you're using these days. It has to be that way because otherwise I think the medium will die because people say this is too hard. 
no one's here to help me. You're kind of like the the new kid in school with no friends. You're just like kind of sitting there like, eh, I don't <laughs> yeah, know what exactly. to do. All right, well, forget this. I'm not going to do it. So you mentioned how time consuming this can be, whether it's the video, the audio. Yeah. You mentioned too that you have a wife and two kids. So how do you find the time to crank out an hour plus of content every week, particularly during the season. What I do is a lot of my prep is done as I drive around. I work in sales, so I'm in my car a lot. Not radio sales, we should mention. Not radio sales. Not radio sales, no. <laughs> uh, but I'm listening to podcasts and different things all day long as I drive around. So I take a lot of notes and it gives me different ideas. And then when I can come do the show, I have all this information in my head or written down on a notepad and I can put it all together into the show and the questions that I want to talk to Dwayne about. But we end up doing the show later at night. So my kids go to bed and we'll record about 10 o'clock Eastern time, nine o'clock for him. And that's really the only way we can do it right now. There's no way I could do this show at five o'clock at night yeah. when my kids are trying to go outside and play or swim. And working for a fantasy website, you're also expected to write some things. Yeah. Last year, I didn't write anything. Mm. I kind of just chipped in on some group efforts, but I was so focused on doing multiple podcasts a week that I had no time for anything else. I actually wrote an article about it over at Fighting Chance Fantasy. And if you follow me on Twitter at Drake Fantasy, I have it pinned to my profile where I kind of talk about that, where I didn't have time to write anything because I'm a dad and a husband and you've got to prioritize it. We're not really making a whole lot doing this right now. We're bringing in a little bit, but how much time can you spend on something that is only a hobby? Yeah. And, you know, I've got a job that actually pays me and I've got a family and I still want to go play golf a little bit and see family and friends. So I'm sure a lot of guys have that conundrum right now with the dream of being a broadcaster and still being dad. That's true. That's true. So let's get into the sports piece of it, because I'm a big sports fan like you. Mm. My downfall with fantasy football was I never played for money. For me, I always played. I've had a group of guys from Syracuse that I played with. We used it as a way to keep in touch. And then we all got busy with life and it kind of fell apart. Same thing with some coworkers that I had in New Orleans. We weren't seeing each other in the halls to trash talk each other every day. There was no money involved. I lost my motivation. So that was my mistake when it came to fantasy was I didn't really have that motivation to play. But when you take a step back and you look at sports as a whole, I mean, baseball, hockey, basketball, they've all taken a hiatus. So far, we haven't lost any games to the NFL, mm -hmm. but from all the research you do and all the stuff you look at every day and every week, and again, we're recording this on July 6th, so you never know what's going to happen in the next week, but what's your sense for will there be football and what it will look like when the season potentially start? I think, yes, there will be football. There will be no fans mm -hmm. at all, all season long. They'll have to be creative and find ways to tarp off the stands put advertising there, green screen it, whatever you want to do. That's a, an area for opportunity, ingenuity. People can be successful through this kind of tough time that we're in. I think they're going to try. There's going to be a boatload of guys that end up testing positive. We'll see what happens with the NBA at the end of the month here. We've already seen that already in the various sports, baseball and basketball, as they start to come back. Right. And you can't keep these guys sequestered. Stephen A. Smith, for as much of a blowhard as he is on ESPN, had a great comment. He goes, you think you're going to keep 200 millionaire athletes between 20 and 35 in a <laughs> bubble for three months? They're not going to go out and try to meet some girls and drink and party. You're out of your mind. And it's the same thing in the NFL. These guys are going to go out and they're going to live their life. And 
they feel like they're Superman. They're indestructible. Look at the job they do. They make a ton yeah. of dough bashing other guys' heads in. Right. They're not worried about getting sick. So you think there's going to be games, but we're going to have positive tests, and, and who knows what that ends up looking like. How does this play into the calculus, if at all, of your show? Of We're talking about you know fantasy drafts are happening. We are theoretically mm-hmm. you know a month and a half away from the start of the NFL season. But I've got to imagine in some way there's almost like a cloud hanging over it of, is there going to be a season or is that something that doesn't really enter your mind? It has to. And I've been telling folks, if you're playing in a home league, you need to create rules with your friends right now for a COVID IR spot, ah. maybe two of them, because you're going to have players on your team. They're going to get infected with the virus and they're going to be down for, let's say, 10 days, two weeks. They could miss multiple games. What if that's Lamar Jackson or Patrick Mahomes? What if there's a couple of guys that go down? You don't want to drop all these guys and send them to the waiver wire for your buddy to pick up. So have this COVID IR spot. Boy, oh boy. Here's what I worry about, though, is because you know the NFL. Right. All they care about is money. There are guys who get concussions. Concussions are brain bruises. Yep. You get a brain injury. Some of these guys are back within, it's six days later, they're playing in the game. It's madness. So I can totally see some of these guys. Ah, I got sick. Uh, yeah, I'm okay. You know, positive test. Oh, Zeke Elliott now or, or somebody. You got a big game coming this week. Nah, you're good. Get back out there and play. Hopefully you don't infect anybody else. I could a thousand percent see that. And that is a whole new layer when you think about it, because as serious as concussions are and finally getting the attention they deserve, a concussion isn't contagious. You can't catch a concussion from somebody mm-hmm. who's concussed. But now you're like, well, you know, this is, you know, the AFC championship game this weekend. I can't miss this game, but I might have COVID, but there's no way I'm going to miss this game. And next thing you know, it spreads like wildfire. I hadn't even thought of that, but that's a really good point, Trick. <laughs> Your Patriots are going to get caught up in COVID gate this year. Oh, for crying out loud. Belichick's infecting other teams on purpose now. <laughs> the Patriots aren't going to be playing in January, regardless of whether there's football or not. I'm not too worried about it. I like this Cam Newton signing. <laughs> you know, I don't know how the fans are going to take to him in Boston, but I think he makes the team a lot more interesting for sure and a little bit better than Jared Stidham. So, hey. Here's where else, because every, every fan base has Yahoo fans, and there are some... Uh-huh. But here's my take on the Patriots, and maybe it's because... You know, the big 4-0 was coming up for me this year, and I've got a little bit of life perspective. But I had an amazing 20-year run that was beyond anything I ever could have imagined in my wildest dreams. Anything else from here on for the rest of my life as a Patriots fan is gravy. Yep. Whatever happens, great. You can't top what happened in the last 20 years, and I've got amazing memories dating back to my senior year of college the first time they won. Whatever happens, great. I'll watch them. I'll root for them. But if they never win another Super Bowl again, I'm okay with that. I got six. Yeah, I mean, look at the Cleveland Brown fans, Detroit Lion fans. I'm a Philadelphia Eagles fan. We just won our first Super Bowl two years ago. Oh, I'm well aware of that. Yeah. (laughs) So the Patriots fans are extremely spoiled. But if you have the right ownership and the right coach and general manager, you can keep that ball rolling for a long time. And they have. And kudos to them. One of the best franchises in sports, basically because you have a great owner mm-hmm. and you have the best coach of all time. So it'll be fascinating to see what happens with Cam this season. I think he'll do really well if he's determined, he's got a chip on his shoulder, if he's healthy. That's what it's all down to. And that's, you know, with fantasy football, you're looking at guys. Is he healthy? What's his situation? What's the scheme? 
You know, it's everything you're talking about on a week-to-week basis. And I think Cam Newton could be a fantasy steal for people later in their drafts. I don't want to get too far down the road of making this an NFL Sports Talk podcast, but I wonder if the exclusivity deal with DirecTV up for renewal here soon. I wonder if there's going to be more opportunity to watch out-of-market games on an Amazon or something like that. You know, you're an Eagles fan, but you live in Syracuse. I'm Mm -hmm. a Patriots fan, but I live in Detroit. I would love to be able to do what any other sport does. And I know it's tricky because there's so much money tied to these local TV deals and national TV deals. But I'm a Red Sox fan. I can order the MLB TV package for 120 bucks in April, and I can watch any Red Sox game I want any time all season here in Detroit. I'm wondering if and when that's finally going to happen for the NFL. Totally agree. And it's kind of like podcasting. You think about it. You put out your content. You have podcasts you like. They show up in your feed. And you say, yeah, all right, good. Here's you know the Jag podcast and Fantasy Football Hustle. And why don't they have with Verizon, with Amazon, with whoever, you just say, hey, I want to buy the Philadelphia Eagles package. Yeah. I get to watch every Philadelphia Eagles game. Cost me 150 bucks or whatever it is. And then you could have tiers off that. Now I want the Red Zone channel too. And I want every other game. That's another tier above that. They could make so much money on these packages. I feel like they're afraid of losing the money they're making now and being short-sighted about it, not seeing the revenue opportunities to do all those things and catch up to where the on-demand world we live in is now. Yeah, people are going to be watching on their phones. and They already do that now when they do those London games. and Once or twice a year, they have a game on Yahoo that streams. And yeah. It does gangbusters numbers. I haven't seen numbers on that, does it really? huge numbers because the NFL is not just an American game. You've got a big audience all around the world Mm -hmm. watching this. So if people can now watch live on their tablets or their phones, wherever they are, you know, they're not like the NBA yet where the NBA has done a great job becoming a global game. Oh yeah, absolutely. The NFL wants to, but it's still so tied to the United States where they're only doing a couple games here and there. And sooner or later, there'll be a team in London. But you see it now, they're reaching into Mexico City and Mm -hmm. Toronto's had games. So it's only a matter of time. They want to be a global game because there's money everywhere, man. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Last thing I want to ask you about is the Scott Fishbowl. This is an invite-only, pretty exclusive fantasy football league. Give me a little bit of background on this, and then we're going to hit on the headline that came out of it today of somebody involved with this had a really, really bad day today. Yeah, so the Scott Fish Bowl was created by this guy, Scott Fish. That's his real name. And it's 1,200 fantasy analysts and some fans, and it's invite only, and it's kind of a fun thing. He lets the invites out all throughout the summer, and people are biting their nails, hoping they get into it. A guy from my site, Fighting Chance Fantasy, actually won the whole thing last year, which is unbelievable. But it gives a ton of money to charity called Fantasy Cares, which gives toys to kids and things like that. I know there's a podcast-a-thon that coincides with it. So for 24 hours, a lot of big-name guys in the industry come on this pod-a-thon, and that raised over $30,000 for the charity. Wow. So a lot of great things happening, and I'm in it now for the second straight year. And with my first pick, I took Patrick Mahomes. So he got to be on my team, and he got a new contract all in the same day. I'm not sure which he's more excited about. Yeah, seriously. There's all kinds of crazy rules. That's the fun thing about the Scott Fish Bowl is you can start two quarterbacks. The quarterbacks this year, because the rules change every year, you get negative points for sacks. Hmm. You get negative points for incompletions, positive points for completions, 
tight ends get extra points for first downs and catches. So it gets real crazy. And it's just a blast. And I hope to just make the playoffs this year. I, last year I was awful. But this year, hopefully, it's a it's a better time for me, and I can get some bragging rights in the industry. And I'd only heard about this through some work I've done with you and some folks that you're associated with. But I did see the headline on, I think it was Yahoo today. So the guy who picked second messed up today? What happened? Yeah, there's hundreds of different leagues because there's 1,200 guys in it. It's broken down into 12-team leagues. So one guy at the second pick wanted to select Saquon Barkley. Sure. So he scrolled through, saw Barkley, hit select. He ended up picking Buffalo Bills backup quarterback, Matt Barkley. (laughs) And that's just hilarious. Twitter had a field day with it. Scott Fish, who may be the nicest man in America, allowed the guy to redo it. Really? Yes. I would not have expected that. Yep. He went back to the guy. They said, okay, we're going to let you fix this because the guy probably felt like a buffoon and they let the guy fix it. I think he was just a fan. I don't I don't believe it was an analyst for any site. So if he's an analyst, he lost a lot of credit. Let's hope he was a fan. Yeah. So that, that's funny. You know what, though? If you're that guy, this might be the best thing ever because you're not going to win this big 1200 person tournament. But for a day, people know who you are. There you go. Finally, Drake, I would be remiss if I did not mention this. The way that you and I became friends was your high school best friend was my college best friend. And that, of course, being Bill Leaf, who uh, lost his life at the hands of a drunk driver on January 8th, 2006. And I applaud you and uh, Jonathan Hoster and all the folks at Syracuse who've done a great job as far as keeping his memory alive and getting the word out about not drinking and driving. It's something that is uh, near and dear to both of our hearts. So I wanted to make sure we mentioned that. Thanks, man. Yeah, the, the Bill Leaf kickball tournament is something going on its 15th year, which is amazing for a charity event, but also sad because it means our friend has been gone for 15 years. Mm-hmm. But when you think to a charity tournament, think about a golf tournament that somebody does for a friend who passes away or a walk or whatever. How many of them really last 15 years? That's incredible. Right. And we do this cool little kickball tournament here in Syracuse, and we get 20 plus teams every year of 10 folks or more. And we raise a bunch of money. We give away prizes. And the terrestrial radio station he used to work for helps us out a lot. And this year with COVID, you know, it's kind of up in the air. So we'll see what happens there in the fall. But it's a blast. And I'm really proud to be a part of it and keep his memory alive and hopefully encourage other people to use ride sharing like Uber or Lyft and just don't drink and drive. And in this day and age with the technology and the options, there, there's no excuse. You should not be behind the wheel if you're impaired. Absolutely. And the reason it's a kickball tournament is when he was a reporter, a radio reporter there in Syracuse, he did a great story about an adult kickball league there in Syracuse, which I'm pretty sure I still have the audio to. And assuming that I do, I will link that in the show notes if you want to hear a great story that our boy Bill did about an adult kickball league there in Syracuse. Yeah, that was really cool. That's why, you know, we came together and like, what can we do? You know, people do golf tournaments, uh, you know, you can do what a 5K run. Nobody's doing anything like kickball. And I think the uniqueness of it has helped it last for 15 years. There's tons of people playing kickball now in every city across America. So it's always a good time. Boy, oh boy, it's a fight to get anybody to show up and give out their hard-earned money. But at the end of the day, we get the teams and we get the money for the scholarships at SU. So all is well at the end with the Bill Leaf kickball tournament. Happy to keep Bill's legacy alive and happy that uh, Bill brought you and I together as friends. So Brian Drake... 
Fantasy Football Hustle, Fighting Chance Fantasy. Where can people find you? Plug as many things as you would like, sir. Yeah, check us out on Twitter. The show is at FF Hustle. It's also on Instagram at FF Hustle. I'm on Twitter at Drake Fantasy. If you want to go over to YouTube, just search Fantasy Football Hustle or Fantasy Football Hustle Podcast. You'll see us on there. Subscribe, like, whatever the cool kids do these days. Uh, there's no TikTok. There's no none of that. We'll try to keep it just to the main sources here and get you some fantasy football content, either looking at our pretty faces or hearing it through an amazing podcast. And the podcast really is a bread and butter, folks. So subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you can. Just search Fantasy Football Hustle and you'll see us show up. We will include links to all of those in our show notes from this episode of The Jag Show. Brian Drake, thank you so much for the time. A rare 10 p.m. recording, but now the kids are in bed and we can finish up and have our grown-up talk and call it a night. So thank you for the time tonight, sir. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. Thanks for listening to the Jag Show podcast. If you like what you heard, be sure to subscribe in Apple, Spotify, Google, or wherever you get your podcasts. New episodes are published every Tuesday and Friday morning. For help with your podcast, find Jag on social media at Jag in Detroit or on the web at jagindetroit.com.